us today here in our kitchen, getting ready to talk about another issue of Kingdom Concepts. We've been talking about marriage mm -hmm. and uh, the things that people face when it comes to marriage. And you and me have a lot of uh, yes. experience yes. in everything that you can do wrong. And uh, we've learned some things about how to do it right. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I think the thing that comes to mind to me most when it comes to people coming together into a relationship, a, a, a marriage covenant, the thing that we had to learn was that it's death to independent yes. living. Mm -hmm. I think the when we got saved, you know, we had already been married three years and we had already done so many things wrong. So we got saved and we had to relearn everything. We we were doing it a certain way. We uh, were not having any success doing it the wrong way. So going to the Word of God and figuring out, okay, what does God want for our marriage? What what does He say about our marriage? It really helped us a lot. And it, I don't know about you, but it made me realize how selfish I was in our marriage. And you I feel were. Like you were so selfish. I, I was. I really was. But um, it really caused me to see how selfish I was, and it was about my way, you know, what I wanted, how important it was things to me, how things affected me. Um, and it didn't matter how things affected you. It didn't matter how um, what I said or felt made you feel. And so going to the Word of God, oh, wow, that just really changed so much in me. I remember um, the first time realizing that, um, you know, those things in me that I had to change. I was at home, and I remember I was sitting there. We had already been saved, and we were saved, but we weren't in love with each other yet. We were really trying. And um, that sounds funny, but if you didn't hear the other episode we talk about, we, we were saved, but we weren't in love anymore. We, we had gone past that, and we were wanting, we so wanted to love God and so wanted God to fix whatever he wanted in our marriage. So I remember being at home, and you had left to work, and I remember sitting there crying out to God, and I was just lamenting on my bed, and I was boohooing, and, and let me tell you, that does not work. Does not work. So I was boohooing and I was telling God all about everything that you were doing wrong and how you didn't do this right and how you didn't do that right and how I needed you to do this and I just remember the Holy Spirit, you know, talking to me and he and he just I just felt like this hush come in the room and I knew he was about to speak to me. Oh, I knew he was going to tell me the magic things to say to you or the scriptures to use against you. I just knew that's what was about to happen. So I just stopped. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me, and he said, stop praying for him to change. And I'm like, oh, God, he's going to stay like this forever. And then I thought, okay, what do I do? And he said, you need to pray, Lord, change me. And I just cried and cried because I thought, why am I going to pray for myself? I'm perfect, you know. And, and he just said, pray, Lord, change me. If you want change in your marriage, pray, Lord, change me. And at that moment, I realized it wasn't about what you were doing. It wasn't about how I needed you to feel or needed you to take care of me. I needed me and God to be one in our marriage. And I needed God to change me in areas. And the minute that I began to pray, Lord, change me. And then you came home that night and I, I shared with you what he said. And it was like, okay, you pray, Lord, change me. And I pray, Lord, change me. And boy, he changed so much about both, either one of us. Yeah, you know, I think it's because... You know, without God, and, and even with God, sometimes mm -hmm. people fall into this trap to where they enter into marriage, and they're not looking at what they can put into it. Yeah, They're right. looking at what they get out of it, mm -hmm. and that's selfishness. Yeah. And the problem that you and me had is that I had my opinion of what marriage yes. should be. You had your opinion of what marriage should be, and man, we 
clashed. So much. And and it wasn't until we we came to the Lord and God started speaking to us, like He said, and, and he just really showed us that, you know, we had to quit being selfish, that we had to die to that independence. Uh, we weren't single. Yeah. You know, we weren't on our own. We, it was no longer I and me. It was we and us. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you go back to God's original design, because God is the one that created marriage. Yeah. And over in Genesis chapter 2, you guys got your Bibles, you guys can join us. Genesis chapter 2, I want to read verse 18 and then uh, jump down to verse 21 through 25. It says this, and it says, And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And I agree. He says, I will make him a help meet for him. And then when you come down to verse 21, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And he brought her under the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and she shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Amen. I love that. I think what's awesome about this is that it shows you how, you know, God created woman from man's side, not from, you know, he, God used the rib, which is the, the, the closest bone to your heart you know god didn't create woman from a, a bone from his foot you know for her to be under him god yeah. created her from the side you know to to be the closest thing to his heart next to the lord and you know when you read about how they were both you know when god brought them together it says that the two became one flesh and this is what's so awesome is that there's a miracle that takes place when people come into a marriage covenant god's way you know, the Bible talks about that same creative power of the Holy Spirit that joins us together to the Lord to where we become one with the Lord. That same miracle takes place when a man and a woman come together in a marriage covenant. The Holy Spirit causes their lives to be uh, placed together to where they're no longer individuals, you know, as far as in the eyes of the Lord. They become one. And that's a miracle. It's a miracle that only God can do. And, it, it, and uh, when you have that, the result is, the Bible says they were both naked and unashamed. And what that means is that there was a transparency that they had. There was no darkness between them. There was nothing to separate them from being one. Now, I don't, I, I personally don't believe you can have that intimacy, that one flesh, that uh, togetherness, if you're not in a marriage covenant. I think that there's a lot yeah. of people out there trying to make that what God has deemed holy and trying to make that um, happen when you're a boyfriend and girlfriend, um, and it just can't, you, you, um, I know, like my, uh, my daughter, when she got married, and her and her husband, now married with three children, but I remember her and her husband, um, you know, they were very close, they grew up together, they, they've known each other since they were in eighth grade, and sophomore, they, they grew up together, and they courted for a good while, but it's not. It wasn't until they were married that they understood that that togetherness. Because it's me and you didn't grow up together. Yeah. Um. You know, we met when we were already eighteen and nineteen. But even growing up, and you think you or or having a long courtship or a long, um, you know, just a long relationship, friendship, and then you still don't understand that togetherness and that closeness until you're in that that covenant. And things do change. It becomes about. Not being, you know, like we said earlier, selfish, it becomes about other-centered. 
one thing that you always say to me, and I love it, and you always say, I want to outgive you and outlove you and do everything better for you. And I, and I feel that in our life, you know, uh, for me and you, um, I don't know how it is for you, but there's not a day that goes by that my husband doesn't tell me he loves me. Every day he tells me he loves me. Every day he tells me how beautiful I am. I'm, you I'm sorry, but you do. You, you've said that to me for 30 years, every single day. And um, it doesn't matter if I just rolled out of bed. doesn't matter anything. You tell me I love you. You tell me how beautiful I am. And it has always been something that um, has just been a blessing because you, you're you constantly showing me that and not in, in buying things for me or doing things for me. But it's it just a word that you, you've never forgotten to tell me I love you. You've never forgotten to say that I'm beautiful. Even so, at times when, you know, you feel like you're 15 months pregnant and your feet are big enough to go in a tamale pot they're so fat and ugly and you just feel horrible and i'd be sitting there i remember just sitting there just huge and pregnant and you you're so beautiful and you know at that moment i just want to punch you because i'm like i don't feel beautiful right now but thank you that you think that you know and and uh you've always been that way trying to do more for me and do better for me and you know in return you know what it does for me it makes me want to be the same it doesn't, it makes me want to do better for you because it's not about me. It's about us. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the Lord over in John chapter 15, verse 13, you know, Jesus said, you know, greater love. really quick. He, said, ahead, he, ahead, he said, greater love has no man, mm -hmm. you know, than when someone's willing to lay their life down for their friend. And that word friend is something that we take for granted so often in this world. People don't understand the word, what friend really yeah. is. It's a covenant term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not everybody's my friend. Yeah, that's you right. Know, you have acquaintances. There's people some people you that you yeah. just, you know, you, you interact with here and there. But to be a friend, it's a, it was a covenant term. Yeah. That means that, you know, that you're, you're there, there's a bond there. And both of you, you know, have a value that you've placed on each other. And... And you would you would do anything for one another. And I know the thing that really helped change both of us, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like I said, our testimony we already shared with you guys, you know, uh, the last few episodes, and you can go back and, and see those and hear our story. But what we had to learn was that there were there was darkness that we'd placed between us. Yeah, because it, it, it caused a rift. It caused a, a there was things that I didn't know you had done things that. You didn't know I had done. And it didn't matter that it was under the blood. It didn't matter. There was still something between us. And until, you know, that that was removed. Yeah. yeah. There was always an elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, you always have at the back of your mind, oh, is this going to come up? Is, is some something going to pop up? Is somebody going to pop up? And, mm -hmm. um, and it keeps people from being able to totally give themselves to yeah, each other. Yeah, it does. It does. And it took us several months to come to a place where we totally cleaned out our closets and we're very honest with each other and what God had to show me at that moment as far as having a greater love because we didn't love each other the mm -hmm. way that a husband and wife mm -hmm. do but what the Lord showed me was he showed me he said if you can see how much you love your wife if you can see how far your love goes he said then you don't love her like I do mm -hmm. he says because my love the Bible says has no no height there's no yeah. depth. There's no width. Yeah. The love of God is immeasurable. And he says, if you can see how much you love your wife, then you need to love her more. Mm -hmm. And and I had, and that causes you to tap into a love that's not your own. Yeah. You know, to where only God can fill your heart with the kind of love that he has. Because the Bible says, you know, that First uh, John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says that God is love. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
Not that he has love, he is love. And when God's in your life, you're going to be able to tap into that well of love yeah. to where it never ends. Yeah. And it, it'll, put, it'll, it'll put the person you're in love with before yourself. Yeah. The more that we walk with God, the more... It gets easier. Yeah, we care about, we care yeah. about the other more than we care about ourselves. Yeah. I remember I was sharing with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I was sharing with them, uh, you know, how to, to just allow themselves to love people. And I said, um, you know, I said to them, I said, you need to show people you love them. I said, because you can you can think you love them. You can say you love them. But if you're not showing them you love them, um, there's something wrong. And they said, yeah. well, it's very difficult. And I said, well, I said, it shouldn't be difficult because if you have God inside of you, that God inside of you, that's an attribute God placed in you. What you're feeling is your uh, personality. Your personality has to change. And it has to bow to the word. I said, you have to show people you love them because that's how that God shows us. And she asked, well, how do I do that? I just gave her some steps and some things. And, and she got, oh, that's so hard. And I said, well, that right there should show you something. If it's hard for you to show people you love them, and I said, then, then you need to figure out what inside you're not allowing God to, to show because it shouldn't be hard to love people. And it's just, I know it's not hard to love them. It's hard to show them. And I said, well, I said, tap into that that love that you feel from God, and it will help you. And it has, and, and it it was just it it caught. And it, this wasn't a um, a marriage thing that I was talking to. It was more of a a person, you know, just relationship things with family. And I said, but I I started thinking, how many couples are like that? They're they're uh, well. You should just know I love you. I go to work. I I provide for my family. I go to work 12, 15 hour days, and and you know I I um I provide financially you know I'm not out sleeping around I come home and and yet the wife works also wife works also the wife does things too she comes home and cleans house takes care of the kids and the husband's not helping you know and I've on me and you I've I've always said you know I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with both spouses working uh, as long as both spouses understand this is a group effort you know uh, I'm telling you what when I come home and and you've done the laundry. Oh my gosh, that just was like, who did the laundry? You know, and, and I love that, you know, I, I you sh maybe to somebody else that's not showing love, but to me that I don't have to do laundry sometimes, well, mostly all the time because he does laundry all the time, but I don't have to do the laundry. But I don't do windows and dishes. No, you don't do dishes, and that's okay because you do laundry, but see, to somebody else that's not a big deal, but to me, you do that because you love us. You don't want me to have to come home and do laundry. You've already done it, done it, and it, it's it's an it's for us, but it's that a small token of you know what you you love me and you care about little things like that you know yeah well I I think that to sum it up you know when it comes to being one flesh yeah. again if if you don't enter into marriage having God's blueprint which is in His Word for marriage you're you're gonna step in with with strings yeah and you're gonna step in with expectations that are unrealistic yeah and you're gonna step in with with a a, a selfish alternative because the number one obstacle that I see to people becoming truly a one flesh marriage, a one flesh ministry team is selfishness. Uh, because, you know, some people will enter into marriage to where they keep their finances separate. Oh, well, yeah. We're one, but I have my bank account, you have your bank account. Or we're one, but those are your kids if they're a blended family. Oh, those oh, are your kids, these good. are my kids. And, you know, they, they come in with all these 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 areas that they're keeping to themselves it's like a contract it's like i'm gonna do this if you do that and i'll do this if you do that and in a contract if you break the contract then guess what 
um, I don't have to be in contact with you. But it, that's not marriage. Co marriage is covenant. Marriage is this is us. This is how we're gonna. This is this is how it's gonna be, and we need to fix what we don't like. Yeah. Not if you don't do this, if you don't do that, then then I'm not gonna give you this. I'm not gonna give you that. If you don't take care of me in this way, I'm not gonna take care of you in that way. And that's just it's not. It's so dysfunctional. It's selfish. It's very selfish. But you know, I mean, God God intended for a marriage covenant to last forever. It is in the vows till death do us part, and that's. That's the way that God intended for it to be, for it to be a, a, a lifelong commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you have to work at. Yeah, it's work. You know, and you might be, you know, watching this episode and maybe, you know, you've been having some challenges in your marriage. Maybe there's some of the things that we shared that we did wrong yeah. that maybe you're doing right now. I'm telling you, God can turn it around. Mm -hmm. he, he can cause your heart to change um, to where you're preferring your spouse before yourself. God can help you to, to start tearing down those walls that keep you separate. Maybe there's some things that you've done wrong mm -hmm. that uh, God's been speaking to your heart saying your spouse needs to be aware of this. You know, um, Follow the Lord and God will help bring peace. God will help bring restoration. And I'm telling you, as you remove those things, mm -hmm. man, you're, you're going to see the love that you have for each other just growing and blooming and to where you're, you're going to be at a place where you, you can't get enough of each other. To where you truly want to out, out give yeah. each other and yeah. what you put into the marriage. The reason why our marriage is so blessed now is because we learn to cherish what God has given us in each other. Yeah. And to where we're no longer competing against each other. We complement each other. And we push each other. Yeah, we we, we want to make sure that each one of us succeeds. And... And, you know, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that we have this perfect marriage. Uh, you know what? We've been married 29 years. We've been together 30 years. And we do not have the perfect marriage. But we do have a perfect God. And we have a God that's helping us in every area. You know, next episode, we're going to be talking about navigating disagreements. Uh, yes, we have disagreements. Um, and we're going to show you how uh, to get past those disagreements and still be in love and stay in love. Amen. So. Go ahead and uh, tune back in with us next week. We're so thankful that you're here, and we're thankful that you're watching. God bless you, and we will see you next week. You have a good one.